Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. It may seem unbelievable and like science fiction that the globalists have finally perpetrated the greatest coming genocide possible on humanity, but they have. Things are happening so fast now, it is difficult to keep up. I have to put some of the news in News, News, and Prophecy, so be sure to read those headlines. And sometimes I put my red comments in there, too. The worst is yet to come. This week, we began finding out that unvaccinated people are being diseased by the vaccinated. The COVID vaccine is now infecting the unvaccinated through the vaccinated, but not with the Wuhan virus. The unjabbed are now suffering with the diseases that the jabbed are getting after taking the jab. Diseases like reproductive disorders, heart attacks, strokes, autoimmune diseases, and easy bruising. As post-vaccine deaths are now ravaging India and Brazil across the United States, people are noticing a sudden surge in automobile accidents on roadways. People are driving off the roads and striking trees. They're veering into other cars for head-on collisions, and they are apparently losing cognitive function while behind the wheel. These are now being called vaccidents. I don't even want to call this poison a vaccine. It is not a vaccine. The doctors you are about to hear say this. I've been saying it along with others. The jab is being used to poison people. It is poisoning the blood, as one doctor says. Humanity is now caught in the globalist trap, and they are treating humans like lab rats. The jab is poison designed to kill those who get jabbed, whether sooner or later, perhaps years down the road, but also to target those who refuse to get jabbed, it has been discovered. Folks, the vaccine makers have bioweaponized human beings. Humans are now bioweapons designed to kill those who refuse the jab. The globalist New World Order elites know that Christians will refuse the mark. They've known this all along. And this jab was designed to disguise this being the mark of the beast. So they didn't want you to know that this is the mark of the beast and to progress jab after jab toward the actual final quantum tattoo or RFID chip mark through a series of jabs and boosters that will make you a slave of their system. No, the globalists had to disguise the beast's mark in this way to trap the unwary, but They also knew that some would catch on, and many have, and that presents a problem for Satan's globalists who want to depopulate the planet down to no more than 500 million, according to the Georgia Guidestones Creed. 
Now this information just hit the underground news sites this week. It is nowhere to be found on mainstream media or even in the alternative news sites. A friend sent to me what you are about to hear. These are five doctors just this week out of the many thousands who have come forward in the past several months to inform the public of the jab, the injection dangers, to the unjabbed, the uninjected. They are Dr. Larry Pilevsky, Dr. Christine Northrup, Dr. Carrie Made, Dr. Lee Merritt, and Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. First up is Dr. Larry Pileski, and here are two links where you can learn all about each of these doctors. In the interest of time, I will not introduce them and give all their credentials because that would take too much time. So just click on those links, link one and link two. Here is Dr. Larry Pilevsky. Um, when, when studies are done on injections that are thought to be vaccines, we sometimes need 7, 10, or even 15 years to really understand what the injection does to the body and what it does to those around us. And so there's automatically this assumption that when the authorities say this in, these injections are safe, that we actually have adequate data and adequate observational data to understand whether or not these injections are safe. The bottom line is we don't have enough data to understand safety. The other thing is that we are made to believe in the public eye that this is a vaccine against a viral infection. So the entire world is is thinking that um, this is a vaccine to protect us against SARS-CoV-2 viral infection. And when you have a vaccine that's supposed to be effective as a vaccine, you're supposed to have antibody immunity against the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And that's never been evaluated with these injections as to whether or not we have antibody immunity to a SARS-CoV-2 virus. Instead, what we have is the genetic information of what is believed to be a piece of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And that piece is called the spike protein. And the technology that's being used is a technology to make this injection that's never been used in vaccine science or methodology before with any kind of success. So we are essentially taking the genetic instructions that make a synthetic spike protein believed to be a part of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And we're giving those sets of instructions into the body and asking the human body to take the genetic instructions of that spike protein and make more of it in our own machinery. And so this messenger RNA technology, which is what it's called, is delivering the genetic instructions for us to make the spike protein. And the problem is that no study has ever been done to test its safety, but also no study has been done to test whether we 
turn on the production of that spike protein and ever turn it off. And so spike protein in the naturally occurring SARS-CoV-2 viral infection has been shown to cause brain inflammation and neurological damage, heart attacks, lung disease, liver disease, kidney disease, and interacting with the male and female reproductive systems, along with affecting blood binding to oxygen and blood clotting. And so we know that the natural disease of SARS-CoV-2, because of the effects of the spike protein, is making people sick with all of these kinds of systemic illnesses. And so now we're taking that spike protein genetic instructions and we're asking our bodies to make more of that spike protein. And so by making more of that spike protein, we are essentially creating the symptoms and the illness of COVID-19 by giving people the potential to have brain damage and neurological damage, lung disease, liver disease, kidney disease, heart attacks, strokes, blood clotting issues, and impairments to male and female reproductive systems. And there's no study to show whether when the body starts manufacturing this synthetic spike protein, whether or not we ever turn off the production of that spike protein. And so that spike protein is known to be pretty damaging to the human tissue. And so we know that spike protein has been found in saliva. We know that it's been found in the anus. And we have to ask the question, is it found in the exhalation molecules that come out of our breath? Is it found in the skin when we sweat and we smell, the, the spike proteins come out? And if so, does that impact other people with whom we come in contact? And so what we've been seeing is a massive increase in those who've been given the injection of blood clotting problems, miscarriages, stillborns, infertility, strokes, heart attacks, autoimmune diseases, and death, just to name a few. And that's in those who've been injected. So certainly there should be a suspicion when you see people around the injected people who have not been injected getting the typical symptoms of COVID in addition to miscarriages, bleeding, irregular menstrual cycles, it should raise a very, very strong suspicion. Now, the spike protein is, we are told, just specific to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Mm -hmm. So that when your body makes the synthetic spike protein, you're supposed to produce an antibody that's supposed to attack the spike protein. Now, we don't know if that spike protein production keeps going and going and going. 
and that would make the antibody production keep going and going and going as well. And the thing is that we are finding that the genetic instructions of the spike protein are not specific just to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. The mm. genetic instructions of the spike protein are also similar to or the same as many proteins that exist in the body itself. And so therefore, if we're going to produce an antibody against the genetic instructions of the spike protein, those antibodies are going to find every bit of protein tissue around the body that matches the genetic instructions of the spike protein. And that antibody to the spike protein genetic instructions is going to produce an attack on any of the proteins and tissues in the body that are similar or the same to the genetic instructions of the spike protein. So that's why you'll see autoimmune diseases. But many months ago, there was an article that came out in the European literature where there were several proteins in the male and female reproductive systems that were found to have similar genetic instructions to the genetic instructions of the spike protein. And the scientists raised the concern that if we inject the genetic instructions of the spike protein into the body and cause the body to make an antibody against that genetic instructions of the spike protein, we will also cause the body to make an antibody against the male and female reproductive systems because those proteins in the male and female reproductive systems had similar instructions to the spike protein. And he raised a very strong concern about it because his concern was that it would basically uh, immobilize and take out sperm from being able to uh, cause, you know, in, you know uh, fertilize an egg, and that it would also impair the egg itself, and that it would also impair the placenta. And so the experts around the world did the following. When they heard this scientific concern, the experts around the world said, oh, but the amount of genetic instructions of the proteins in the male and female reproductive systems are so small in similarity to the genetic instructions of the spike protein that it really shouldn't make a difference. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how we got the science that said there should be no concerns about infertility or miscarriages in men and women respectively. There were no studies. There was just a, an opinion that said the genetic instructions of the proteins on the male and female reproductive systems were such small similarities to the spike protein that it shouldn't matter. And therefore, it didn't matter. And so what we're seeing in women who get the injection is a very large, hundreds of percent increase in miscarriages and stillborns of their babies, all being reported to vaccine adverse event reporting systems.
And now what we're seeing is women who are around others who've been injected are having the same experience, which has to raise the suspicion that not only does that messenger RNA make the body produce spike protein on an ongoing basis, but that spike protein is probably shedding out of the breath, the saliva, the skin, and who knows where else in the body it's being shed from. Just a last point before you ask me the next question. That's only based on what we think we know is in these injections. But Dr. Tenpenny and I have discussed this on numerous occasions, that there is potential for other messenger RNA proteins being injected into the body that would cause the body to make all sorts of proteins that we may not be aware of. And here he is again in another interview. I, w- I want to start with some pretty bold statements. This is not a vaccine. A vaccine is supposed to protect us against a bacterial or viral infection. There is nothing in any of these shots that is designed to protect us against a, a virus infection. The authorities say it. The patents describe it. Everyone who is involved in the making of these injections with their intention. It was never, ever made to protect us against a viral infection. As soon as we start to realize that that is not what this is, we realize that everything after that is a complete and utter lie. Therefore, it cannot stop the transmission of a SARS-CoV-2 virus because what's in the shot is not meant to protect us against a SARS-CoV-2 viral infection. When we look at the literature from 2020, and we see that people were getting illnesses of blood disorders, lack of oxygen, hypoxia, lung disease, um, clotting disease, strokes, hypertension, hypotension, loss of taste, loss of smell, neurological issues, COVID toes. This was not a viral illness. This was the clinical presentation of a poisoning of the blood. And all of the literature shows that the spike protein of this so-called virus was responsible for causing all of these symptoms, the brain problems, the neurological problems, heart disease, clotting factors, um, uh, loss of oxygen, um, loss of taste, loss of smell, hypertension, hypotension. This spike protein was responsible for causing the disease that we saw. Ladies and gentlemen, this spike protein is not a naturally occurring thing. It is a man-made weapon. It is not a virus. This is part of maybe attached to a virus and attached to who knows what else that started the ball rolling with people getting sick. This was never an influenza-like disease. It was never a flu-like illness. It was straight up a poisoning of the blood. This spike protein could attach to receptors all over the body, the brain, the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the intestines, the sperm, and the female reproductive system. So they found in the naturally occurring COVID set of symptoms 
This spike protein was responsible for what made people sick. So why in God's name are we okay with injecting something into the body that's going to cause all of us to make spike protein? The very part of the so-called weapon that was creating the illness and the group of symptoms in the first place. This is not a vaccine. Now, if your body is being given the genetic material to make a synthetic spike protein, we have absolutely no idea what the body does when the genetic instructions get into the cells and start making spike protein. In fact, in our critically thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P, Dr. Tenpenny has specifically found the possibility that there are other pieces of mRNA that may be in some of these shots. So when people say, is something shedding? We really don't have any idea what's in this thing or these things. We think, we think, we think it's spike protein. But we generally have no idea. But if we go on the fact that spike protein is being manufactured in the factory by the cells of the human body, and that we know that maybe if our own messenger RNA was in our cells, we would turn it off ourselves. But we have no experience using an injected synthetic messenger RNA genetic instructions as to whether or not our bodies are going to turn that on or turn it off as we start the factory of making the spike protein. And so there is no evidence, zero evidence, no scientific studies as to whether or not that spike protein turns on and stays on or ever turns off. And we have no evidence if that body who's getting injected is making the spike protein is exhaling it in particles through the lungs, spitting it out through saliva, urinating it out through urine, sweating it out through skin, or uh, putting it out through gas or stool. We have no idea. But what we have is a massive, brilliant propaganda of genocide because they don't have to inject everyone to get the results that they're looking for. Because now we see that those people who are getting injected are actually the lepers, are actually the pariahs, and are actually making healthy people who have never been injected get COVID symptoms, bleeding, which was part of the COVID illness itself, miscarriages, and death. This is not a vaccine. Please stop calling it a vaccine. As Dr. Made said, the lipid nanoparticles have never been used in injections before. They are capable of passing any material that it's attached to into the brain, the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the liver, the sperm, and the female reproductive systems. We are, we are in a crapshoot. This is Russian roulette. We have no answers about what is being transmitted, how it's being transmitted, and we should be up in arms. That's why I said the genie is out of the bottle. Women, as the only guy on this panel, and working with mothers most of my life, 
women are more in touch with what's going on with their bodies than anybody else. Sorry, guys. They are. And this is, this is, this is genocide. This is a weapon of mass destruction. And it is requiring us to, to, uh, speak up. There is a prominent pediatrician in this country who has called me out and actually denied that there is any shedding in this injection. Ladies and gentlemen, that is conjecture only. There is something being passed from people who are shot up with this poison to others who have not gotten the shot. We should be quarantining those people who are injected with this poison. And the children who were not part of the initial round of spike protein poisoning, probably because, and I don't know this for sure, their ACE2 receptors were probably not as prominent and not as ubiquitous to have been attaching to this spike protein. So their, their, their sense of, of, of illness was actually minor. All for a condition of weaponization that had greater than a 99.7% recovery rate in the yeah. majority of the public and in a condition where we had drugs, nutritional interventions, mm-hmm. medical interventions, ozone, hyperbarics, iodine, hydrogen peroxide, Chinese medicine, homeopathy, inhaled steroids, and other interventions that not only prevented this illness from happening, but treated people who were sick and actually prevented death in large populations where doctors were able to get to their patients and treat them and prevent them Mm. in time. This is serious. I'm not mincing words. Dr. T, you know I don't mince words. Um, We don't know what's going on, and I know you want something nice, um, I really think we should start calling for people who are getting the shot to be quarantined and have a badge on their arms that say, I've been vaccinated, even though it's not a vaccine, so that we know to avoid them on the street yeah. Let- and to not go near them anywhere in society. Here is Dr. Christine Northrup. I think we're witnessing an unprecedented situation here. We're getting reports from thousands of women around the world. Uh, we're seeing things like women are bleeding for weeks. Some of them ha- are not getting their period. Some postmenopausal women are bleeding. Some people are passing large clots. Women in pregnancy are developing clots. Women are experiencing miscarriages. Some people are having bloody noses. Children in proximity to those who've been vaccinated are developing bloody noses and clotting. There's bruising on the legs being reported, blood clots in men. Again, we're seeing unprecedented censorship. I think the first question is on people's minds, women around the world, what do you think is happening? Do you think this is hormonal? Do you think um, the uterus is being uh, is, is a targeted organ? In simple terms that all of us can understand, I know this is a complex issue, and there's many avenues we could pursue, but just in in your idea, Dr. Christian Northrup, what do you think is happening to not only people who have been vaccinated developing these problems, but now, as Dr. Sherry said, in people who are in close proximity to those who've been vaccinated? 
We've never seen this before. So what do you think is happening? Thank you. So I'm introducing myself first. I'm a board certified OBGYN physician, went to Dartmouth Medical School, did my residency at Tufts New England Medical Center in Boston. I was a clinical assistant professor of OBGYN for 25 years at the University of Vermont College of Medicine. I'm at the, I'm the author of three New York Times bestsellers, including this Bible of women's health called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, loaded with peer reviewed literature and my experience on the front lines of mind-body medicine when it comes to women. <clears throat> For many, many years, I was on the Oprah Winfrey Show 10 times. I uh, did eight highly successful public television specials, which raised millions of dollars for public television. In 2013, I was one of the Reader's Digest 100 Most Trusted People in America, and now... In 2021, I am one of the 12 disinformation dozen, along with uh, Sherry, of those of us accused of 70% of the disinformation about vaccines on the Internet, which is an astounding fall from grace until you understand who is determining what grace is. I am rather horrified at what's been going on around this. Now, I already knew this is a, a report here from LifeSite News. Thousands of reports of menstrual irregularities and reproductive dysfunction following COVID vaccines. So the media has focused on blood clots, but then we had suddenly all of these women and a friend of mine today literally sent me a picture of what came out of her body. She's a woman in her uh, 30s. Entire decidual casts, they're called, um, meaning that the entire inside of the uterus just sloughs off. Decidua, meaning uh, like deciduous trees that shed their leaves. The menstrual cycle is one of the indices of health. So we know that a regular menstrual cycle that's every 25 to 30 days is considered one of the ways that we determine a woman's health. And when suddenly you have thousands of people all over the world, many of whom have not been vaccinated but have been around the, those who have, we begin to wonder. Now, we already know that polysorbate 80, which is included in these shots, can adversely affect ovarian function and has shut down ovarian function in rats. We also know that many, many women have become infertile as a result of the Gardasil vaccine, which I spoke out about in 2006 on the Oprah Winfrey show. There are things called pheromones that are secreted by the apocrine sweat glands in the pubic area and under the armpits. Those regulate women's menstrual cycles. That's the pheromones are why we think women have periods at the same time when they're all living together in close proximity. There are so many things that affect the menstrual cycle, but the reports that we are getting are not only swelling of the genitals, erectile dysfunction in males, scrotum swelling, breast irregularities, all of that this is from the, the Yellow Card Voluntary Program in England, but we don't have any database right at this very moment for these abnormalities that are occurring when you're simply around someone who's been, who's had this shot. So my feeling on this is that there's some kind of a bioweapon 
some kind of a bioweapon that uh, that the body is now secreting, transmitting, as it were, as you said, Sherry, from somebody who's had the shot. Because what here's what we know. This is not a normal immunization. It is, in fact, something that causes the body to make a synthetic protein against a SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. It is a synthetic protein that's never been seen, and the body begins to produce this as a factory. It doesn't shut off. I mean, I've had people say, well, you know, maybe in two weeks that will stop. There is no way this is going to stop because it's made your body into a factory for an uh synthetic pro- protein that's never been seen before that theoretically can be in your um, saliva, urine, feces, sweat, seminal fluid, blood, flatus, maybe. And so when you're around a person, then I think this is coming out of their bodies and possibly adversely, adversely affecting the most delicate Hormonal system. I mean, to get pregnant and stay pregnant is an enormously complex problem uh, system, and we know that that spike protein antibody cross-reacts with what's called syncytin one and two, and those are proteins absolutely essential for the placenta, for fertilization, for maintaining a pregnancy. We now have women who are miscarrying. They are uh, unable to get pregnant. They're having heavy bleeding. We don't know why, but my feeling about this is that something is being produced by the body of a vaccinated person that is possibly adversely affecting others, and it is uh, of great concern to me. And now here is Carrie, Dr. Carrie Madej to tell us about some nanotechnology that are in the Pfizer and Moderna jabs. The delivery method for those is called hydrogels, and it turns out that the job of a hydrogel is to deliver nanobots into your body. You can hear an entire 60-minute CBS episode from April 11th, 2021, on the matter of hydrogel. DARPA has developed the substance as a way to monitor your health simply by injecting it under your skin. Here's Dr. Carrie Maday. I'm Dr. Carrie Maday. I'm an internal medicine physician and an osteopath as well. Practicing for the last 20 years, medical director, teaching uh, medical students and attending different meetings where um, the agenda for humanity was discussed. So I speak out about those things. I, yes, I have some opinions here. So I absolutely believe, just like Dr. Northrup does, that something is happening with these people that are getting these injections. I I have a slightly different feeling about it because at least with the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines, one of the key components is the nanolipid particles, which are brand new technology on humanity. They're using a nanotechnology, which is pretty much um, little tiny computer bits. They actually can be nanobots, or another word is hydrogel. There's all different kinds of terms and names for the very same structure, but inside of those two vaccines is this uh, this sci-fi kind of substance. 
So that has concerned me from the very beginning because that substance can do many different things. In this particular um, instance, what the drug manufacturers are telling us, they're saying they're using that substance because the body is very intelligent. It knows when something is not from nature. It would destroy this synthetic code that's being injected into the person right away. So they had to figure out a way to trick our bodies into accepting a synthetic code. They came up with this nanolipid particle that surrounds it. And so they're using it. Their reasoning is it's an on-demand drug delivery system. So it allows the body and it suppresses our immune checkpoints to get into the cell. Now, they've never said what happens after the drug is delivered because we know this substance can last for many, many years. Who knows how long in the body? And it serves many purposes. First of all, it's on demand. It can be triggered at any moment to deliver the payload. Number two, very importantly, it can be used for biosensors in the body. Um, because it is um, something synthetic, it actually has the ability to accumulate data from your body, like your breathing, your respirations, thoughts, emotions, all kinds of things. So it has been proposed to use the substance for that. Why am I bringing this up? Well, this substance actually, because it's, um, it's like little bits of computers in your body, it's crazy, but it's true. It can do that. It obviously has the ability to act through Wi-Fi. It can transmit and receive energy or messages or frequencies or impulses. That issue has never been addressed by these companies. Well, what does that do to the human, right? This is the first time they've done it large scale. We know it happens to small groups of military people. They've studied that. But just imagine you're getting this new substance in you, and it can react to things all around you, the 5G, the um, your smart device, your, your phones. Um, what, what's happening with that? What, what if something's triggering it, too, like an impulse, a frequency? We have something completely foreign in the human body that has never been launched large scale. And happened at this time, right? We are now seeing more 5G cell towers going in. The school systems, uh, the cruises, the hospitals, et cetera, are putting more and more of this EMF frequency out. And so I believe, my personal belief, is that there's something to do with the EMF, the frequency that's being emitted. Because if these people have this inside of them, wow, this can act like an antenna and actually transmit it outwardly as well. So it's it's a theory of mine, but if you look up the research on this substance, which you'll usually find under hydrogel, it produces its own voltage, which is an EMF, many times more. So we know it will produce that kind of effect. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that I learned by patterns, and I noticed a pattern since um, coming back to Georgia in January. And some of the patients I've seen, I saw a new pattern. And I, after a long uh, a series of deductive reasoning, I actually came up with why were they not successfully healing from XYZ, even in male patients that I have, it was radiation or, or at least EMF toxicity. And sure enough, if you measure, we were measuring all of our phones and I was floored with the EMF that was coming off. It was out, it was over the range. It could not even be calculated with a number just by a couple clicks on our phones. This is much more than when I measured last year. This was unbelievable. It was coming from all of our phones. And imagine that amount because 
if you look at what EMF does to a human, so they've done studies of just a man putting a laptop on his lap, and after 15 minutes, his sperm count will decrease by 50%. How they did that study, I don't know, but that was the result of it. Also, a person, a young, healthy teenager, putting a cell phone up to their ear, we draw their blood before they use the cell phone, beautiful red blood cells swimming around. After 40 minutes of the phone to their ear, and this was with an older phone, not the newer ones, all the red blood cells go into string-like patterns. They're called rouleau formation. These strings are so long and sticky, of course they make it prone to clotting and blood problems, right, if this goes on for a matter of time. So this just being around this kind of abnormal frequency, which is not conducive to a human body, is destructive in many ways. We know that one of the first things affected will be the red blood cells. They're very sensitive to that. So my what I've been seeing, at least in the greater Atlanta area, is that there's definitely something to do with radiation or EMF toxicity that has definitely gone up in the recent times. And I am concerned about what is happening inside these vaccines that has to do with that frequency as well. And here's Dr. Lee Merritt. What I was saying is I agree with all the the necessary higher power, but I'm going to say this is kind of under the category of praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. You know, I think there's a small number of people in the world that are running this show. I, I want to call it a kind of show, but anyway. And just like in, in, we've seen this before, a small number of people at the top are pulling the strings and organizing and thinking about this. And I just want to quote something. This is from the, the, the policy for the new American century written by U.S. defense insiders like Chertoff and Cheney and Wolfowitz and the usual suspects. And this is what they said. This is in 2000. Advanced forms of biologic warfare that can target specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a, quote, politically useful tool. That's their exact words. And I want I think people need to understand who would think bioweapons are a politically useful tool. And the answer are psychopaths. And you're not going to stop psychopaths with argument or good feelings. And at some point, we have to take down the industrial organization that is bringing it to us or, or something. And, you know, in World War II, the Schwering, if we had known about the Schwering ball bearing plant in Germany, that was a linchpin that if we'd taken it down, every German tank and car and plane would have ceased to move. But we didn't know that was the linchpin. It's interesting in this situation how badly they don't want us to know about treatment. They don't want us to know about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And I think there's a reason here because that is the linchpin. If we want to take away the fear of the PSYOP, you know, that Dr. Larry's talking about. If we want to take that fear away, I think we have to have a systematic way. We have to make sure we can somehow protect people's ability to get those medications and and somehow get them out of the PSYOP. If we, you know, we have, that is a key figure point here. Yes, it's take off the masks. That's, that's a control thing. And I just think, um, because we can't individually, I could take, I can, I can protect myself and my family and my household to a degree. But if they kill off, you know, 150 million Americans, there's nothing stopping China or anybody that wants to come over and take out the rest of us. We really have, this is a national security issue that somebody, I mean, we need to consider. And so we have to get other people. We have to wake up the sheeple when we have to make them realize 
they're coming for your children. And one of the things we need to do, I think, is people need to, and especially doctors, but but people need to be self-examined and realize, if they realize that they're coming after our children, are you working for a pharmaceutical company? Are you working in an industry that's helping to bring this to us? We need to, are you working for uh, the bioweapons lab at St. Jude's Hospital? You know, are you involved in this stuff? Because if you are, you're not going to survive this. Just, it's not going to, they're not going to, they never spare the people, the capos. Okay. Just keep that in mind. People need to keep that in mind. And I, I think that we have to, um, we're going to, ha- this is going to be, I hope this is, doesn't come to this, but I think it's going to be a fight and stopping the immunization step one, making people not vulnerable to the next round of, let's say, MERS, the Middle Eastern respiratory, you know, which is, more fatal than, than this one. This one was just a psyop, but the next one might not be. And keep in mind, they have small, do we know, you know, the other thing that somebody needs to do is to look if we can treat things like smallpox with these new treatments. You know, smallpox is 60% fatal and we know it's in the labs. So I, I, I just, that's just my practical points. And now here is Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. First thing I want to say that I think is really important is because I've been saying this for a while now in the interviews that I've been doing, that the three questions that have been coming up, and I think we'll address these three tonight and maybe some more, that I keep getting over and over again is, number one, the issue of of, um, shedding, number two, the issue of infertility, and number three, the question about the integrity of the blood supply. And I think that all of those will cover what we're going to talk about tonight. And I'll just start just briefly by saying that, um, you know, at the beginning, we started talking about this in uh, this whole concept of shedding. I said, this isn't shedding, you know, because we have always um, um, connected shedding with live viruses. Like if you've got the flu and you're coughing with something or the polio vaccine or the rubella vaccine or chickenpox vaccines, because those are live virus things. Those are what we think typically think about shedding. And since we've made a really big distinction between vaccines and COVID shots, because these COVID things are not vaccines. In my opinion, I think it's important for us to separate shedding goes with these over here. And what's happening over here is transmission because something is being transmitted between people that we haven't clearly identified yet. And that's what the part of the discussion is going to be amongst all these physicians and people here tonight. What is it that's possibly being transmitted between the vaccinated person to an unvaccinated person. So I think, it, you know, you guys have heard me say this for decades. Thoughts are things, words have power, and definitions have meaning. And so if we talk about this being a transmission, that keeps COVID shots over here and shedding and vaccines over here. And I know we sort of blow this around today on the, on the, on our chat and everybody sort of agreed with that. So I just kind of wanted to start from there. So if you start hearing us tonight talking about you know, because the question about shedding, shedding, shedding keeps coming up. I want you to start changing your language from, you know, we changed immunization and immunize into vaccinate and vaccines because you're not getting any immunity from any of these shots. So we sort of erased that for a while ago. I think if we start changing it to talking about transmission, it may make a lot more sense of the things that we're going to talk about. The uh, ebook that I've created, which is the 20 Mechanisms of Injury, How COVID-19 Injections Can Make You Sick and Even Kill You. 
but there are at least 20 mechanisms of injury that are doing this. And Larry, I'm so glad that you said that about stop calling it a vaccine. And I would even admonish my dream team here to stop. Every time you hear yourself say vaccine, stop, roll it back and say, I meant injection. I meant shot. It's not a vaccine. Autocorrect, self-correct, because we're so used to it and it's such a habit. And I'm not saying, I'm just encouraging you to self-correct and because I do it. I mean, I hear myself say it occasionally. I go, wait a minute, I didn't mean vaccine. I meant shot because thoughts are things, words have power. And what comes, what we say to our general audiences is really important. All four shots, including AstraZeneca, when I know we've got some international people on this call, you know, the, the mechanism of action of all four of them is to make a spike protein and make an antibody to the spike protein. It's the spike protein. The spike protein can bust through the, the blood-brain barrier. The spike protein itself can manipulate your genes and can modify proteins in your brain. It can cause uh, pulmonary hypertension. It can cause cardiovascular problems. It is a lethal weapon. Now, can that protein get spread from person to person? Don't really know. But we do know that this, what I think is one of the main mechanisms is the, is the Johnson and Johnson shot, the J and J shot. When it first came out and everybody said, everybody went running over to the J and J because they said they had started learning about messenger RNA and it's like, Oh, I don't think I want that in my system. That doesn't have messenger RNA and it's only one shot. I want one of those. And I said from the beginning, this one is the worst of the three so far. And oh, by the way, I just checked, just checked earlier this evening, there are 89 other vaccines almost ready to go for this shot. So what are we going to do? Is everybody going to be willing to do the next one in line? Because they're lining us up and getting us willing to roll up our sleeve for whatever they want to inject. And the J&J shot is an adenovirus shell that has genetic material called a transgene on the inside of it. 50 billion little particles of adenovirus gets injected into your arm. Adenovirus is a common cold virus. And so I suspect that part of the biggest shedding process is through J&J and that adenovirus that is pretty easy. What if it gets migrates into your lungs and you just are simply breathing and it's going out in different places? To me, that makes a pretty common sense transmission, not a shedding, a transmission of this thing that got injected into your arm. Now, do I have proof of that? No. But if you breathe in somebody else's adenovirus, it's got that little genetic material in it. You know, they're already looking at intranasal shots for these things of how they're going to squirt it up your nose and get attached to your olfactory nerves in your nose and go directly into your brain and release that genetic material into your brain. They're already talking about that. If all of you people listening to this, if you hear if you slip and hear yourself say, you know, something about the vaccine, say, wait a minute, stop, wait, wait, it's not a vaccine, it's a shot, it's an injection of foreign matter, foreign genetic material, autocorrect and start teaching the other people that are around you to autocorrect on that too. Because whenever you say the word vaccine, people think it's just like a flu shot. I can just go get that. It's just like a flu shot. So if we stop saying vaccine and vaccines are over there and injections and shots and, and the other thing is not about shedding, it's about transmission. And the transmission may even be that those spike proteins get activated by the 5G, like what Carrie was talking about. They resonate differently, and maybe that's what's shedding. And it carries with it some EMF-type properties. We don't really know. But we think that But all of it is in the area of, of logical conjecture that's done with critical thinking. 
I think that it's also really important if you're going to get anything tested at all, what you need to get tested is a vitamin D level. You need to know what your vitamin D level is. And, you know, as Dr. Merritt said in lots of her presentations that the Indonesians have worked out that if your vitamin D level is greater than 30, you have a less than a 4% chance of ending up in intensive care from COVID. And we think that the uh, vitamin D level therapeutically should be somewhere between 80 and 100. So get your vitamin D level tested. I would say get a zinc level tested. It should be somewhere between 7 and 12. I think it's really important to take quercetin, which is a a uh, plant-based antioxidant, which drives the zinc into the cells and um, helps as an antioxidant. There are a long list of other types of things that you can do to protect yourself. And I think that with this whole transmission process, if there is something that's being airborne, which is kind of the most likely way that that's happening. I mean, other than fecal oral transmission, like what Larry said, if you go to the bathroom and you even the, you know, you wipe in between, if you're in a public, uh, public restroom, you know, just going and turning on the faucets, you can transmit in that direction while you're getting ready to wash your hands. It, it makes less sense to me that it's something that's transmitted in that direction. It makes more sense to me that it's something possibly airborne, like the adenovirus. They, you know, even the AstraZeneca uh, shot is made from monkey adenoviruses, from chimpanzee adenoviruses. So that's an adenovirus also. Those make sense to me. Pfizer and Moderna, all of them all make blood clots. Like what Dr. Merritt was saying, you know, she and I had a really long, we had a great interview the other day. And I'm going to put a, a plug in that's all up on, on my podcast now. We did a deep dive. Um, Lee, in less than a week, we've already had over 10,000 interviews, 10,000 views on that. It's just been great. It was a great, a great, great podcast. And then the deep dive was even better. And so, um, but we talked about the fact that she's an orthopedic surgeon. She still works in hospitals. She's hung out. She's been in the military. She's hung out with neurosurgeons. And Larry and I've talked about this. I think I mentioned it to Carrie at one point in time. Have you ever seen in your, in our combined clinical history of, you know, well over a hundred years between us, a case of CFST? Cerebral vein thrombosis. Has anybody ever seen it? And none of us ever have. We said if somebody said something about it, it was sort of like, wow, that was really a rare and unusual thing. It's not common. And now within four months, we've got what, two, almost 250 reported cases and it's full court press ahead. Let's make this mandatory to keep your job, to get on an airplane and all this other stuff. So I think that the main things that you, the last thing I want to add, what you can do, I think is important that if this is, if this ends up to be some sort of an airborne transmission, my backdrop would also say, also use some colloidal silver and use it respectfully. You know, I think that people that take colloidal silver every single day, remember colloidal silver kills the good guys and the, the bad guys and the good guys. So you're going to be messing with your microbiome, but you know, to put a little colloidal, liquid colloidal silver and Sniff it up your nose and, you know, to kind of get, you know, clean out those particles, maybe put a little in your mouth, swish in and spit, you know, um, it, I, you know, whatever's on your hands, maybe colloidal silver. I don't know. There aren't any magic bullets for this. And Maureen, there's not a lot of, you know, foo foo good stuff that we can say about all of this other than you got to do whatever it takes to just keep your immune system healthy. Remember, health is an inside out phenomenon. We swim in stuff all the time. The difference is, is that the stuff we're swimming in now is not natural stuff. It's bioweapon stuff. And it's been released upon the whole planet. 
and that that is a little bit frightening. Now you know the globalist depopulation plan. You know the mechanism. They jab people to kill as many as will get jabbed, both in the short term and the long term. And the jabbed become the mechanism to destroy the unjabbed. And part of this plan is to put an end to human procreation because some people will survive and they will continue to have children. So the globalists are putting an end to the continued rise in population. And now you know why Yahweh calls them sorcerers. They truly are wicked witches, satanic worshippers of their father, and killers. I will say of them what Yeshua said to the Pharisees. John 8:44. You, Pharisees, are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and doesn't stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks on his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Please go to News, News, and Prophecy for more headlines about this week's prophetic news and to stay on top of it to save your life. Headlines that reveal a global Vaxport vaccine passport is now in the works. DARPA's latest reason for rolling out a implantable RFID chip and how the jab is being used to roll out communism in America and the West and more. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.